Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chapter 26 of Miss Pym's Camouflage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Pym's Camouflage by Lady Dorothy Stanley. Chapter 26. Miss Pym's journey to Flanders was so trying that she could never think of it without a shudder. From Berlin to Cologne, it took over twenty hours. She dared not get a ticket and go as an ordinary passenger. She stood for many hours in a corridor. But at Stendel, she crawled into a luggage van, where she lay on a crate in darkness and stifling heat, afraid to sleep, had sleep been possible. Indeed, she became afraid of unconsciousness descending on her, and her fear was mainly on account of her precious rucksack, for if visibility returned to her unawares, all her belongings might be torn from her before she could disappear. At Cologne she went straight to a hotel near the station, and found an unoccupied room, where she was fortunate enough to sleep undisturbed. The next day she travelled more easily to Aachen, but suffered great discomfort on her journey to Brussels. She was too bruised and exhausted to take the interest she otherwise would have in this greatly tried capital of unhappy Belgium. She rested there quietly till she felt sufficient energy to get to Courtrai, where she was told the headquarters of the German army of the northwest was established under General Sixt von Arnhem. At Brussels she heard of a Prince Chemnitz belonging to the staff. He occupied the fine house of a Belgian banker near Courtrai, and was married to a very beautiful American, Miss Sadie Bung, who had an immense fortune. Perdita Pym was so tired of hotels, where she heard nothing of any value, that she determined to stay uninvited at the house of Princess Chemnitz. Arrived at Courtrai, she went first to a hotel, where, according to her custom, she commandeered the best room, and locking herself in, she carefully looked round, pulled down the blinds, and dragged a table to the wardrobe. Cautiously mounting the table, holding her canvas bundle, she tumbled it on to the top of the wardrobe, where it lay in a hollow, quite out of sight. In the town of Courtrai, Miss Pym, after making a few needful purchases, asked the address of Prince and Princess Chemnitz. Half an hour's walk beyond the tramway, in a pretty park, with a much-neglected flower-garden, stood a so-called chateau, rather in the style of a showy villa. Miss Pym, now invisible, of course, searched high and low for a room, 
and decided to wait till night when she could alight on any unoccupied room the princess was out but a beautiful little boy of two and a half the only child of the prince and princess gave her a great fright she was standing in the room where he was playing with his german nurse miss pym was admiring his golden curls and exquisite colouring when the child looked up at her smiled and held out his arms as miss pym drew back much alarmed the little fellow toddled across the room to her she knelt down and kissed him gently but she was very careful to keep away from him lest by touching her he too should disappear miss pym realized that though invisible to herself and others she was visible to the little child this might prove very awkward since the child wanted to come to her might he not by his insistence somehow betray her presence she managed to make her escape and wandered down to the rather gaudy salon opening on to a large conservatory miss pym sat in a corner of the room and as she put it to herself awaited developments these quickly came in the persons of the prince and his american wife the most lovely creature miss pym had ever set eyes on tall fair faultless in feature and figure but restless in thought and movement she threw herself on a sofa then jumped up and sat on the arm of the couch swinging her feet then she walked up and down the room her husband a tall handsome young german in uniform watching her with adoring eyes you say i should invite von hindenburg to stay here she said pouting and his shadow his spokesman ludendorff that it is a great honour for us well otto i don't count it an honour at all oh i know krieg is krieg and i must meet and entertain horrid officers and their still horrider wives but i think when my own countrymen are out to kill germans i ought to be spared meeting germans and i ought not to be asked to receive them under my own roof but sadie my angel you are a german now said prince chemnitz plaintively i a german no siree i'm no german and i guess otto bung chemnitz jr is no german either i want to get back with him to montana where you can join us after the war and raise sheep or cattle you said yourself that after this war germany would be an impossible country to live in you may bet your bottom dollar that after this war i get otto my dear boy don't ask me to invite von hindenburg here you say he is coming this afternoon to talk over plans with you why should i see him at all he despises women on the contrary he is a good husband and father his daughters are charming what a pity you did not marry one of them otto and the pretty creature came behind her husband's chair and put her arms round his neck let us escape to holland and then you could join our boys at the front and fight on the other side oh it has turned out so dreadful being a german if i really am a german i don't believe a real downright american could ever feel german not since the americans came into the war why every bit of germanness fell from me the day the lusitania was was sunk sadie your talk is terrible i tremble lest any one hear you and report you to headquarters 
My mother wants me to shut you up in the Schwarzgreitzschloss. She says you will bring disgrace and ruin on the family, and she wishes to educate Ottolin herself. She shall never, never have my boy. My boy is myself, and I guess no living being, no hun hag, no bosh witch is going to take him from me. Are you speaking of my honoured mother? said Prince Chemnitz, rising and turning pale. No words are too strong for any one who would dare to attempt, I say attempt, to separate an American woman from her child. The princess stood up facing him, her eyes blazing, her cheeks aflame, and her golden hair, loosened by her passionate movements, hanging low on her white neck. Fortunately, the scene was cut short by the arrival of Master Otto. His mother snatched him from his nurse and kissed him so violently that he set up a howl. Then, catching sight of Miss Pym, he put out his arms to her, crying, Schöne Dame, schöne Dame. What does he mean? said his mother, putting him down. He straightway crawled to Miss Pym, who edged away. Round the room he followed her, crying, Pretty lady, at intervals. His father picked him up and, pointing to the princess, said in German, There is the pretty lady. But Master Otto was as determined as his mother. He took his finger out of his mouth and pointed to Miss Pym by the door. As she slipped out, she heard him say with assurance, Pretty lady gone. Von Hindenburg was to be there that very afternoon. Miss Pym's heart beat quite jumpily at the prospect of the meeting. She would be present at that important council. What might she not learn there? Unseen, she joined the family at lunch, taking what she required, and sitting in a corner of the dining-room, her plate on her lap. At first it was very disconcerting, when the princeling kept on nodding at her, and pointing with his spoon in her direction. But after staring round, no one took any notice of the child's vagaries. Lunch was rather gloomy, but conversation was kept up for appearance's sake. When the servants had left, and Master Otto had been carried off, the prince and his wife sat together over coffee and cigarettes. I suppose you will be hours and hours at this old pow-wow, said Sadie Chemnitz, blowing up little curls of smoke. It is awfully important, said the prince gravely. Von Hindenburg is to settle the line of retreat. According to plan, said his wife, looking quite innocent. Yes, said the prince. I needn't tell you that the outlook is really hopeless. So von Hindenburg has come just to try his hand at prolonging the agony, said his wife, trying to blow smoke rings. There is no way of shortening it, said the prince simply. Excepting by surrender, she retorted. Do you see Germans surrendering? he replied angrily. Oh, I guess Germans will have to do exactly the same as any other conquered people. When they are beaten, they will give in. You are always saying, war is war. I now say, defeat is defeat. The prince looked sulky, then rising, he said, Ah, well... Since this is the biggest room in this beastly little hole, we shall have the conference here, so we had better give instructions accordingly. I must see to the wine and cigars. The princess then moved into the salon adjacent. Miss Pym followed, 
and enjoyed listening to her hostess singing coon songs in a low voice this sweet undisciplined american attracted her it was a delight to look on such loveliness such freshness in her company the cruelty and horror of this german-made war could be forgotten for a little space suddenly the princess ran to the door and peeped out harsh gutturals and clinking of spurs could be heard miss pym in a fever to get out had to wait whilst the princess watched holding the door but prolonged patience becomes wild impatience miss pym wrenched the door open and rushed out entering the council room as the officers were settling themselves round the table miss pym stared was it possible could that man be von hindenburg the commander-in-chief the man who held in his hands the destinies of germany miss pym looked and looked and a gasp of relief with something like a sob of grief and fear almost choked her he looked so horrible and deadly and yet at the same time so inadequate she compared sir hugh douglas sir hector russell sir robert williamson Petain, cadorna pershing with this big german brute his face had such an awful fascination for her that she could not move her eyes away miss pym felt that he was brutal forceful contemptuous and vain his eyes small and observant had puffed underlids his square face was fleshy and warty but his mouth his small mouth gave him away it was like the mouth of some dreadful flatfish of the depths utterly cruel hindenburg repelled because he looked inhuman he seemed to miss pym the very spirit of evil